G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode 70 of the WP Elevation podcast. That's right, 7-0, episode 70. I cannot believe we are here. Uh, I remember starting this podcast out, I don't know, 70 weeks ago <laughs> and thinking, you know, it was a lot of fun, it was a lot of hard work, there are a lot of moving parts, there's a lot involved, but over time we've streamlined our processes, we've built our team, we've got some more people on board to help us. And I'm telling you, if anyone out there is thinking about starting a podcast, just do it. It is so much fun. It's awesome. And you get to meet some amazing people virtually online, of course. Uh, you might get to meet them in the flesh as well. We have, we've shot one live episode of the podcast where we interviewed someone in person and there'll be some more of those coming up in the future. Anyway, it's great for your network. It's great for expanding your network and meeting people. And it's just, it's awesome fun. It's totally worth it. So uh, Pat Flynn over at Smart Passive Income has a great introductory course on starting a podcast for free. So does um, John Lee Damas at Entrepreneur on Fire. So check out those free courses. And if you want to start a podcast, just do it. Podcasting rocks. Okay, that's my rant for today. Uh, this week's feature guest is Jack McConnell from Bath in the UK. He runs a one-man web design, web development agency called Voltronic, specializing in WordPress solutions. Uh, he's got a lot of insights about how he found his first batch of clients and what he's done since then to expand his network. And it's not what you may think it is. So stick around and learn uh, more from Jack about that. I'm also giving away a copy of Losing My Virginity, Richard Branson's autobiography. Stick around for details on how you can enter the draw to win a copy of that book on this week's episode. It's a cracker. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast. Helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation podcast is brought to you by WP Migrate DB Pro, the amazing plugin from Brad Tawanard and the guys at Delicious Brains that allows you to keep your databases in sync between your local environment, your development environment, and your live website. But instead of me telling you all about it, and instead of getting Brad on to tell us how good his plugin is, I thought it would be more interesting to talk to one of Brad's customers, someone who uses the plugin on a daily basis as part of their workflow. So let's go and hear from Curtis McHale. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Canada, Curtis Gregory McHale. Hey, Curtis, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I shouldn't have told you my middle name, but yeah. <laughs> excellent. Um, so, uh, why are we here? That's right. We're here because we're talking about WP Migrate DB Pro, the awesome plugin from Delicious Brains, Brad Tawanard, and our friends at Delicious Brains. Uh, they are sponsoring the podcast for a month, so I thought it would be interesting to talk to some customers about WP Migrate DB Pro instead of doing kind of a scripted ad spot, so to speak. So, first of all, um, why don't you tell us? As a WordPress developer and part of your workflow, why database, why database syncing and migration is even important? Like, why does it matter at all? Uh, it matters at all because as much as you even try to like move around and set up things locally, like your client, you're always going to miss something. And there's all quite often even going to be something that they did slightly different than you did. And then it can even create a bug. And so you're continually trying to track something down that you really don't even have a method. Like you don't have the same data to track it down. So it is a futile endeavor to try so the kind of the myth is like i remember when i started out i would just install the same theme and the same plug plugins on like a, a local dev and then i would wonder when i uploaded the new plugins or the new page template or the new custom post type that i'd written when i pushed that to the live site why why would it break and because that's yeah. because the live site has new data on it right 
Yeah, yeah, that's another good reason. Or you'd get a client that doesn't know they can use a page in the menu or in the appearance settings for menus, and they just create a custom link in there, and you're like, why isn't this highlighting like it should with the normal WordPress menus? Because WordPress doesn't understand that like it's a custom link as opposed to a page, so it doesn't do all its fancy classes on the menu. And then you have to dig around in the appearance settings to figure that out, and of course it's hard because it's they renamed it something and. Just wasted so much time. Yeah, and you end up going down a rabbit hole, don't you? And you know, while everyone else is going for beers on a Friday night, you're still debugging some client's website. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have way better things to do with my time than debugging like that. <laughs> for useless things like that, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, before you discovered WP Migrate DB Pro, uh, what were you doing? Like, how were you solving this problem? I'm trying to think because I've bought it like the first day it came out and was using it a little bit in beta even before. So. I think I probably used the plugin search and replace, wow. or, and then I'd use the, uh, there's some constants you can set WP config to switch the URL around, and I just would call that good. Um, but it's not necessarily good. It's not, it gets enough for, I guess, local development. It doesn't get enough when you're trying to push to live site, which I did a few times, and then realized the images weren't linking properly, and it just didn't work. Did not make me look awesome. Made me look like a dork. Yeah. And the whole um, search and replace in PHP, my admin, like doing it manually, that can just take forever, can't it? Oh, yeah. I had like a, I think I had a SQL query script that got a lot of stuff, but I don't, I'm trying to remember. I don't think it got the serialized, like the special data that widgets are saved like and how your plugin settings are saved and other stuff just didn't even get it. So I'd and, realized later that I had messed that up. And so just for those that don't understand serialized, because this was something that this was a this was what caught me as well. This was a big trap that I fell into is that just replacing a URL will replace the URL, but serialized data means that the database is expecting a string that is yay long. Yeah. And mm-hmm. for those who aren't watching who are just listening, I'm I'm holding my fingers a certain width apart. Uh, the, the the database is expecting a URL which is, you know, yay long. And when you change the URL, you also need to tell the database that it is no longer twenty five characters, it's now thirty three characters. Otherwise the database yeah. kind of freaks out a bit. Yeah, and that's in this big long array that sort of maybe makes sense if you're actually reading it in the MySQL but only once you've been doing it a really long time and even I've been doing this for like six years and it's not worth my time to try and read through yeah. those 90% of the time. Exactly and that's the, the nugget there it's not worth your time. So uh, how did you discover WP Migrate DB Pro? So you're from Canada right so you just know Brad from the local scene? Uh, well when we say local I might even be closer to you. Brad's five no Brad's uh, probably 10,000 kilometers away almost for me. Oh, wow. We're on the opposite coast. So right. I know Brad through, he used to live out uh, with me in, or not with me, but like on the same end of the country, but we never met each other then. I don't remember how we first got introduced, but it's been a while now. And he, I believe he showed me WP App Store, which his first product was, or I got connected with him when I saw that. And then as Migrate DB Pro came out, he shot me an email just to say, hey, would you be interested in this? And I looked at it and said, absolutely. And I bought it day one. Like no questions asked, and what's the what's the biggest benefit for you in using WP Migrate DB Pro? Oh, it's just so fast. Like, there's so many steps in in migrating it manually, like getting your images down, all these other things. Because Migrate DB Pro does pull all your images at the same time, and it's just simply not not worth it for me to just like I'll now I'll start up a new site and I'll put it off on my third monitor and start migrating and just let it work for whatever it's gonna to manage it and it runs and it pauses well so I can like pause if I have to leave the office and go home and let it start it back up and finish it off close my laptop and everything and there's no problems whatsoever Um, and also I've done it for a few clients who want to be able to mess around on things locally 
and set them up with their own virtual machine that already has all the migration profiles installed. So they can just hit migrate and they get like a brand new copy of the live site to mess up however they want. Um, without without hurting our staging environment, which we're using for e-commerce testing, and without hurting the live site, which is worse, much worse. But. Nice. Now, see, there you go. I never thought about setting this up for a client so they can mess around locally in their own little sandbox. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Built a full vagrant box, like a full virtual machine with automatically imported database with initial content and all the migration profiles in that initial content. And so they just have to sync and update based off the last time I pulled it, which was usually about a month it would get out. Sweet. There you go. That's a nice little value add, nice little service you can add for your customer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey, um, well, I reckon that's a pretty good case for it. Uh, for those that don't know, you can have a look at WP Migrate DB Pro at deliciousbrains.com, which is Brad's site. Go check it out. There's a picture of all the birds flying east, which is very cute and clever. Took me ages to figure <laughs> out what the hell the picture of the birds was about. But of course, they're migrating. Um, oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> there you go. I know. It's, I know. I just realized it the other day. I'm like, oh, that's why the birds are there because they're migrating. Right. Cool. <laughs> so you can check it out at uh, deliciousbrains.com. And hey, Curtis, you're going to be actually on the podcast soon, uh, WP Elevation. I think we're recording an interview next week sometime. Is that right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the fifth. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Awesome, man. Looking forward to that. And uh, thanks again. And I know Brad really appreciate it. Thanks, appreciates it. Thanks for talking to us about your experience with WP Migrate DB Pro. You're most welcome. It's an excellent plugin. Cheers. All right. As I mentioned in the introduction, Jack McConnell is from Voltronic in Bath in the UK. He's a one-man web design, web development agency specializing in WordPress solutions. He's also RA recommended, and we'll find out what that means and why it's important. And he loves working with people which is very odd for a web developer. (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. Well, actually, maybe not. Um, Jack talks a lot about how he found his first batch of clients and what he's done since then to expand his network. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a really interesting insight into what can happen when you just get out of the house and leave the building and get out of your comfort zone. We talk a little bit about um, overcoming those initial fears of getting out of your comfort zone. Um, Jack's like most of us, you know, starting out in the WordPress space, Uh, Not really sure uh, where his niche was and and has since then uh, found his niche doing good work, getting lots of referrals and word of mouth. Uh, It's a really good episode and I'm sure it's going to resonate with a lot of you. Uh, And I'm giving away a copy of Richard Branson's book, Losing My Virginity. So stick around for details on how you can enter that. And Jack's also going to tell us a little bit about Tidy Repo, his curated repository of WordPress plugins. Um, So lots of goodness in this interview. Uh, Without further ado, let's go and meet Jack McConnell. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation. And I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Bath in the UK, Jack McConnell from Voltronic. Hey, Jack, how you doing? Hi, yeah, really good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the WP Elevation podcast. Now, for those with an astute eye, you may have seen Jack a couple of weeks ago on the podcast talking about his experience with WP Migrate DB Pro. And uh, I just thought it would be good to get Jack on to have a chat about what you're doing in your business. So we're going to talk all about uh, WordPress and being a web freelancer. But before we do that, this week I'm giving away a copy of Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson, which is a fantastic book. It's actually the book that Jack is reading at the moment. So stick around for details on how you can enter that competition a little bit later on in the interview. Hey, Jack, before we start geeking off about all things WordPress, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, That's a really good question, actually. I don't remember exactly what I wanted to be, but I knew that sort of in my early teens, I wanted to do something artistic, something creative. Um, so 
I, I've kind of geared everything from my life uh, from that point towards, uh, you know, being creative. And I guess that's how I ended up in web design. Where do you think that creativity came from? Did you grow up in a creative household? Was there lots of finger painting and art going on? No, not really. Um, I just really enjoyed drawing, to be honest. Oh. I, I enjoyed cartoons and I just got, I got really hooked in that. Um, and it kind of, I think when I got old enough to use a computer, it kind of went on from there and a copy of Photoshop and, you know, <laughs> you could make uh, all kinds of stuff. And I, th I think it just, I got into like illustration and, I don't know, it was just all of that really. And yeah, it was from there. But no, not from a creative household at all, really. Were you were you a big comic book reader when you were a kid? I did. I did read comic books, yeah, yes. Yeah. There's something magical about comic books, isn't there? Like they just take you into a especially when you're a kid, it's just like a whole other world that you can immerse yourself in. It is, yeah. And you know, watching a lot of comic book movies that have come out in recent years, you know, yeah. just remembering how things were then, uh, you know, reading the comic and then seeing it. Um, it's quite nice, actually. It's good. Yeah. Do you remember the first time you, you talk about discovering the internet and getting a, a copy of Photoshop, which I think we all did when we were, when we, when we were younger? Um, do you remember the first time you thought, okay, the internet isn't something just for play. We could actually use this to build a career and a, and, and a, a business out of. Yeah, I do. I mean, I remember getting the internet. I was one of the first sort of households in my school, I think, to get the internet back in like 94, 95. So it was really early days, you know, for over here anyway. And um, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't until I got internet in my room in about 1999, 2000, that I sort of started using it more and more. And I actually, my first kind of business venture when I was about 13 was making a really old, horrible website using, I don't know, a really old copy of Dreamweaver or something. <laughs> um, and it was all about like retro games and stuff. And that was, I think I, I, that's how, what got me hooked in web design and, uh, you know, using the internet really is, is all of that. I, I remember, the, I remember, um, do you remember the first website that you accessed when you first got your internet connection? Uh, it was probably just like the, the front page of AOL or something. Right. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. I remember but, the, no, I don't remember anything specific. I remember having a, like a, a seven point. 7k dial-up modem and my brother and I getting on the internet for the first time and and hearing the squelchy sounds and you know the first we opened up like Netscape Navigator or whatever the browser was back then and the first website I tried to find was the episode guide for Melrose Place because I right. knew that I knew that it was ahead in the states and if I could find out what happened in the series then when we watched it that week I could ruin it for everyone in the room by telling them what was going to happen if I could get the episode guide. <laughs> But it took ages. We'd have to like access it and then we'd go make a copy and we'd come back and it would still be downloading. <laughs> How things have changed. Do you remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? I do, yeah. It's kind of obscure, but I bought a, um, a network hard drive uh, back about 10 years ago and the geek in me found out that you could hack it and install a web server. So I did that. And the first thing that they, I think they suggested in tutorial was an easy thing to install on a web server is a copy of WordPress. So I did that and I sort of saw that it was a, you know, a content management system or kind of, well, more of a blog system back then. And so I kind of used it to document my, you know, what I did to kind of hack this network hard drive. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> So what? So the 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 software that you use to install the the web server actually suggested that you install WordPress. Once you've got your web server up and running, now would be a good time to install WordPress. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it was just a tutorial online and they just said, yeah, install WordPress and it it gives you something to kind of show for it. You know, you can run this on a web server locally. And uh, I guess it was, you know, whatever that guy was using to document his tutorial at the time as well. Wow. How, how do you describe, thinking about Voltronic, what you do today, and I know you've, we're going to talk a little bit about Tidy Repo as well because you're kind of expanding and diversifying a little bit. How do you describe what you do in one sentence? What, what's your elevator pitch, so to speak? Um, I'm a one-man web design and development agency working exclusively with WordPress. Cool. So I like, you know, I like the fact that you're really clear about, you know, if someone's got a Magento Drupal site coming down the pipeline, nah, I'm not really interested in that. You, you're, you're quite adamant that you just you only work with WordPress, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I started, um, I was sort of in the in the realms of general web design, but. As I sort of moved on, this was in the credit crunch, really. So it was sort of 2009, 2010, and I sort of started looking at, you know, what I could use because people wanted sites that they could edit themselves. They didn't want to spend loads of money on a on a web designer because they just didn't they didn't have that. So um, I had a look around and I saw, you know, content management system the way to go. And I'd always had already had a little bit of experience with WordPress, but I looked and tried kind of all of them, and I just found WordPress the easiest to use, to be honest. Yeah. So, so you took like Drupal and Mambo and whatever it was called back then, Joomla and all those ones for a spin and, and, and WordPress was just the one that you could actually get up and running and, and had the path of least resistance. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did try them all. I installed them all. I just remember one of them and I don't remember which one it was, Drupal or Joomla or something like that. I was trying to edit one of the menus and I found it the most tedious thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, no, it's just there's no way if I can't do this and I kind of know what I'm doing, then there's no way my clients are going to know how, how to do this. So yeah, WordPress is a clear winner here. It'd be easier to open up all the pages in Dreamweaver and change the menu one by one. wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you, so what do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? Are you, are you doing, how do you split your time between actually, you know, I'm always fascinated by, by solopreneurs who just work on their own. How do you split your time between actually finding new clients and winning them and then actually doing the work? Um, that's a good question. I think when I have the clients, my time is spent basically 50-50 doing design or development. Um, but finding clients, um, I've had some success with AdWords and I'm kind of running through that and learning about that at the moment, which is quite good. Um, I'd, I'd say most of my clients at the moment have come through the co-working space that I um, that I that I'm mm. I'm in, um, and I have been for the last eighteen months, and that's really great. There's a huge sort of diverse range of uh, people and businesses there, um, small businesses, and they're just most of them happen to use WordPress on their current site, or you know they want something easy, and everyone's talking about WordPress, so it's just kind of. It's all just worked in my favor, really, which is really great. But it's all coincidental. It wasn't intentional in any way. I mean, when I joined the space, I was one of about five, six, seven people that were there every day. And now there's sort of 30 people there every day. And, you know, it's just kind of the way it's worked out, which is which is great, really. Was it a, a – I just want to explore this a little bit because I think it's a really – I mean, I actually think one of the easiest ways to get work at the moment as a WordPress developer is to go into a co-working space where there isn't a WordPress developer and just introduce yourself as a WordPress developer and you'll pick up work straight away. But I'm curious about – was it a hard decision for you to actually get out of the house and go and work in a co-working space? Um, no, not, not at the time that I made the decision, no. I mean – I, I was doing kind of a networking sort of breakfast thing uh -huh. on Wednesday mornings here anyway. And um, I moved uh, home from sort of 
50 miles down the road to where I am now in Bath. And the they had that kind of networking event here, but there's only one space for um, for for any uh, organization or for, for any industry. Yep. Um, and I just, I did some maths and I just said, if I go into this co-working space, you know, I get to uh, network with people, I get to get out of the house, you know, have a bit more of a routine and it costs about the same as have it running a home office and doing this networking thing. So I thought, I'll just try it. You know, I've, there's, there's no minimum contract or anything. So I'll just give it a go. And, right. Uh, yeah, that was it. Was that, was that, I'm curious, was that BNI, the breakfast, uh, the, the networking oh, breakfast? Yeah. So I've heard, I've, I've heard really good things. I've heard a lot of mixed things about BNI, but I've heard really good things about BNI as well. Did you find, I mean, it, I guess it, it's all about, for those that don't know, BNI is Business Networking International, I think it stands for. And it's a structured business breakfast every week that you turn up to and you, the idea is that you refer business into the network. And as a result of referring in, other people will refer in to you and you get to know about the other people in the chapter and what their business is so that you can make good quality referrals. But it all depends on the quality of the chapter, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing any kind of marketing really other than sort of client referrals um, before that. And I thought this is something I should do. I want to do more sort of local client work as well. Um it meant that I could cycle into town and meet clients in the center of town as opposed to meeting them at home or something. So I went along to one of their events, um, that sort of, you know, to, to see how it was and introduce, you know, yourself and all that kind of thing. And I thought this could be quite an interesting idea. And I was a bit skeptical at first because, um, there is an upfront cost and, you know, you have to get up really early on a Wednesday morning to go and do it. And, uh, I thought, you know, I'll give it a go. I see, I see how it goes. And I went and I, I, I thought it was actually really good. Um, like I said, those things will put people off, but if you put in the effort and you go every week and you, you, you know, write some content and talk to people, um, it does work out. And I think by the time I had left and I was only there for about six months, I, I broke even on it all. And wow. I thought that was, that was okay. And, you know, it would have kept going as well if I had stayed in the chapter. So the other good thing I like about being, I, I actually didn't join a chapter. I went and tried a couple of chapters out and then decided that it wasn't right for me. But what I did learn about in that very short time is that it forces, because you have to stand up and talk about what it is you do in less than 60 seconds, it forces you to get really clear about what it is you do and the kind of client that you want. So it kind of forces you to do a bit of introspective thinking about your business, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And it certainly did help clarify things, you know, even from a, a kind of rewriting what what you do on the front page of your website, you know, point of view, it's almost the same thing really. And and it gives you a lot of confidence in talking to a group of people as well, which is something I've never been that comfortable with, but I can now do, mm. you know, to some to some degree. So how did you get it? I'm really fascinated by this whole standing up in front of people and talking, because I know that it's the thing that's probably helped my business more than anything, my consulting business and also our WordPress product business, speaking at WordCamps, running webinars, doing podcasting. How did you get over that initial kind of awkwardness about standing up in front of people and talking about what it is you do? Um, I think probably having a script, like having something in front of you that you can read from, um, just allows you to sort of, I don't know, just, just break the ice. I don't think I'm a natural... Um, I can talk to people easily enough, but if I had to talk to a group of people... I don't feel confident enough to be able to do it. So having a piece of paper in front of me, which sort of bullet points everything I want to say and remembering it, I can I can do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably what I do. Mm. Mm. 
do you think that you'll continue now that you've kind of broken that 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 seal, so to speak? Do you think you'll continue to to do some more group public speaking in the future? Uh, it's not something I'm too interested in. I have done some kind of WordPress Ask Me Anything kind of sessions where people can just turn up and we have coffee and, you know, they can ask me anything they like about WordPress in a sort of a small round table kind of situation. Um, but no, no, it's not something I really, really want to do. Um, I, I'm just not in, interested in events so much, I don't think. Right. But. Um, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night about the business? Uh, money. <laughs> And uh, although it, it's, you know, those, those things kind of go away within the first year or the, at least they did for me, but um, it's usually like an idea. Like if I've got some idea for a bit of my website or something that I really want to work on, um, I'll, I'll kind of go to sleep with the idea running around in my head and I'll either wake up at three or four o'clock in the morning with a solution or I'll wake up three o'clock in the morning and not have one and be really tired and frustrated. So it tends to be uh, more of a problem-solving kind of thing that will keep me up. Uh, your website's beautiful, by the way. I must say uh, it's it, it's just such a slick design. The typography is beautiful. Um, is it? And I know that you're a contributor to the Bones uh, theme, starter theme. Is your website based on Bones? Yeah, it was a long time ago, I think. I haven't done anything to Bones for a little while, actually. Um, but, yeah, it was. I kind of have a, a very um, – I probably use Bones to start with, and now I've got my kind of my own start start theme that I use instead. Um, but, yeah, that's a, it was a, just a good starting point, really. You know, there was Roots as well that was out there, but I found it too complicated when I sort of got started, and so Bones was just quite a nice way to do it. Plus um, – I kind of started talking to the author, um, Eddie, and he, you know, he was very helpful. And it was interesting seeing his um, development process sort of uh, progress and sort of um, mature as well. Mm. And often a lot of the things that he had an opinion on or thought was the best way to go, I kind of felt like I felt the same way as well. So it, it just went down really well. Mm. Uh, I'm going to put a link to Bones in the show notes because I think it's uh, actually really worth checking out. And uh, I know that we've built a couple of client sites using Bones as a starter theme. Um, it's a mobile-first approach uh, to developing WordPress themes. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and the show notes for this particular episode will be at wpelevation.com slash Jack McConnell, which is spelt exactly how it sounds, J-A-C-K-M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. No spaces or hyphens or weird hieroglyphics in there, just all one word, all lowercase, as you would expect. Um, all right. Hey, what do you do when you're not working? How do you keep your head together? How do you stay balanced? Um, I watch quite a lot of TV and movies, to be honest. Um, I like all of that. Um, I cycle to and from work, and I do like cycling um, sort of a bit longer distance in the summer and stuff. Um, other than that, not a massive amount, really. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's weird. It's like everything that I want to do is encompassed in my job. So I, I'm able to be creative. I'm able to cycle to work. I'm able to see people that are sort of my age and doing similar kind of creative tech sort of things at the co-working space. And um, it's pretty great, really. Um, yeah. I got married last year. So that was quite a large kind of planning project in itself. You Congratulations. Know. Uh, thank you. And uh, so, yeah, I've kind of I don't know, a lot of my time seems to be taken up with stuff that I really enjoy doing uh, at the moment. So I don't really feel that I'm, I'm wanting for anything more. Um, I'm hoping to just do some long cycles this year and that's about it. Nice. Did you, did you use any project management software to plan the wedding? <laughs> um, 
No, uh, I think I used Evernote to kind of keep <laughs> all the all the things running. But yeah, Evernote and Dropbox, and that was about it, really. Right. Right. I started I started planning our wedding using Asana and I just couldn't get my fiance to buy into it. She was, she's like old school pen and paper, writing everything down, crossing it off. I'm like, come on, get into this Asana project with me and collaborate. And she's like, no, go away. Yeah. Uh, um, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in the business right now, what would it be? Um, I would say... I don't, I don't have a, a really clear way of sort of generating new leads at the moment. Um, it's getting better, but I can't just kind of flick a switch, leads come in, I flick a switch and leads stop kind mm. of thing. And that's kind of where I want AdWords to go for me. Um, and I've been kind of toying with AdWords uh, with the help of um, someone at uh, the co-working space who is an AdWords just genius really is, is the nicest way to put it, the best way to put it. Um, but uh, I've been doing that for about a year and I've had some success with it. Um, it's highlighted some areas in my website that need some attention. Mm. Um, and as such, I'm kind of, you know, rejigging that at the moment as well. But yeah, I would say kind of lead generation is a thing. With, um, with AdWords, were you, were you just driving people to your homepage or did you just kind of set up a separate landing page and a separate funnel to get people in? Yeah, it's just the homepage at the moment. Um, I need to... I haven't had enough time since Christmas really to really dedicate any, you know, serious reading on the subject of uh, landing pages and, you know, creating a funnel and all that sort of stuff. I did buy a marketing book by a sort of a, a local marketer that I know that's doing pretty well in this country at the moment. And uh, that that talks about a funnel and sort of how to make sure that funnel doesn't, well, leak at any point really. So, um, and the, the book's called Watertight Marketing and it's, uh, it's a really good read actually um, from what I've, what I've got of it so far. Um, Go on. Yeah, Watertight Marketing, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I need to do some more reading on it, but ultimately that's, uh, yeah, that's something I'd like to work on. Is that, uh, is that Briny Thomas, Watertight Marketing? That's right. There you go. Yeah. Well, I've just found the link to that. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, so what sort of, at, just at a high level, what sort of like, what sort of phrases and keywords and th- like, do, do you use, I'm curious if you use, actually use WordPress in your targeting on AdWords or if it's more generic kind of web design website stuff? Um, for sort of local stuff, it's web design bath. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for countrywide, I go for WordPress web design and WordPress development or WordPress web development, I think it is, and sort of variations of that. Um, and those are the only three I'm going for at the moment. It's interesting, isn't it? Over the last sort of three three to four years, or really in the last two or three years, the inquiries have been more, customers are actually talking about WordPress. And I mean, we've had some inquiries where people ask specifically, are you a WordPress shop? Not do you do websites, but they're actually specifically asking if you have WordPress skills. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I, I am. I mean, if anyone says, you know, what do you do? I, I would say I'm a web designer. Um, I deal specifically in WordPress. Um, and then that just gives it a bit of uh, a bit of focus, really. And, and most small businesses or people that have, you know, used the web in any way or run a website have heard of WordPress. And um, I, I rarely hear anything bad about it, to be honest. Mm. Um, I mean, WordPress, you know, is, is fantastic. It's not for everybody. You know, you couldn't run really really big kind of um e-commerce stores on wordpress i don't think yet mm. um but for most people you know hearing the word wordpress it makes them interesting inter- immediately interested in what you do mm. 
I wonder if Mark and Magnus from WooCommerce are listening to this podcast. They might have uh, <laughs> might have a different opinion on that. If you are listening, boys, please leave us a comment and tell us how big a Woo, how big an e-commerce site WooCommerce can handle, because uh, I'd be curious to know that as well. Um, okay, hey, let's talk a little bit about Voltronic because um, there's some interesting things that I've picked up on on your website that um, that I want to explore. Um, so you know, you say you say here, I love working with people. Yeah. That's really odd for, <laughs> for, for, a, for a web developer to actually say they love working with people. I actually love the fact that you say that because when I was reading this, I was kind of thinking, I put myself in a, you know, the seat of a prospective client and that just made me feel instantly relaxed and instantly at ease that you acknowledge that we're people and that you, there is actually a human relationship going on here. Was that a deliberate thing or is that just something that just came out organically? Um. I think it came, well, it came out organically, really. Um, I do like working with people. I think part of that is from working at home for, you know, quite a few years and not getting to see too many people. So yeah. uh, the yeah. moment you do get a client meeting or something and you can connect with another person is is quite nice. And you kind of treasure those moments in a way if you work from home all the time um, and work sort of long hours. But uh, yeah, I, I do. I really enjoy, you know, meeting different people and seeing what they do and, you know, why they do what they do. Why is it that they find what they do interesting? You know, how do they get into it? And all those things, you know, end up influencing your design or your development on their website anyway. So I think it's, it's not only important from a business point of view to take an interest in, in people and the people that you're working with, but, you know, to, just to appreciate those sort of personal relationships, client relationships that you, that you have as well. It's um. Have you have you done any kind of um, not self help, but any kind of personal development or reading or research on on how to better handle those relationships with clients, like interpersonal skills, or is it just something that you feel comes naturally to you? I think it comes naturally. Um, I think as I've you know grown the business and I've sort of got to meet more people and understand people and how people talk and react to you and how people, some people interpret emails differently from other people, even if they're the same words, you know, um, I think uh, my understanding and, you know, how I feel about client relationship, uh, client relationships has matured a lot. So, no, I think it's kind of just, um, it's just kind of being out there really, just kind of experiencing it. Yeah, the, um, the, because it's all very well to kind of understand this stuff theoretically, but it is, you learn a lot by just interacting with people, don't you? Yeah, I think reading helps. I certainly, you know, do read about all kinds of things and all of a sudden, you know, you, you read about it, not so much sort of personal development or client development, but you'll read about how to do something, um, you know, developing a certain feature in WordPress. Uh, you'll read about it, you'll forget about it for sort of a couple of months and then you'll see it and you'll think, oh, I can put that into practice and that's really handy. But I've never really found that by reading any articles about people. I, I just tend to find a lot of the articles that say, you know, how to deal with people, or how to develop this relationship with a person tends to be quite sort of preachy and um, they're spoken from the experience of one person and, you know, everyone's kind of different. So I never really find that they they apply to me really or I found them applicable. How do you know if um how do you know if someone's a, a good fit for your business? Like like do you, do you get do you, do you ever do you ever have that moment where you're working with a potential client and you haven't really agreed you know they haven't signed off on it yet and you get a red flag that they're just going to be a real pain in the neck to deal with? Um yeah, there's a couple of sure signs for me. Uh, one is too many emails. <laughs> um, and yeah, I how, mean, how, how many emails are too many? <laughs> 
I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of at one point, and they have it's kind of all talk and not enough of kind of discussing the site. It's all kind of they want to talk about theoretical stuff or stuff way down the line or something. And it tends to be, I don't know, I don't know how many emails specifically, but maybe sort of ten or more. You think, okay, this person's beginning to waste my time a bit. You know, they're they're worrying about things that they shouldn't be worrying about. I think they might be a bit of a control freak if I sort of took on this project with them. Um, and from experience, and I don't get too many of them these days, which is quite nice. Or maybe I just deal with them better. I don't know. Um, but. I just, yeah, from experience over the last few years, I've had the odd few. And as soon as you yeah, start hitting that maybe 10 email boundary, you think, mm, yeah, I'm not so sure about this. You might be better suited to this person down the road. <laughs> yeah. And how do, you, how do you set boundaries in terms of, um, you know, making sure that people don't email you or, or try and call you on a weekend or in the middle of the night? How do you kind of set those expectations? Um, I put them in my contract to start with. Um, so that I say, nice. basically, look, yeah, you're basically hiring me, Jack McConnell. Uh, I'm trading as Voltronic um, between these hours and these days. Um, you know, I and, and I'm a firm believer in providing customer service, um, but customer service in in a way that suits the customer, not suits you. So you shouldn't have to make them, you know, register and then log in and then you know submit a ticket through your support ticket system so you can track them. You should be able to give them, you know, customer support via however they can get to you, however they can contact you. So I said, look, my mobile is on during the week. After that, it's, you know, the weekend and the evenings, it's mine. And if I see a number, you know, don't be offended if I don't pick it up because it's outside of work hours. Yeah. My work phone number is this, you know, I it's, it's on during, you know, the days in the week. And then in the evenings, it's off, you know. Um, you can send me a direct message on Twitter. I don't mind that. Um, and I'll even respond to a, a text message on my phone. Um, and if it's something urgent, then I'll try and do it as soon as possible, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of just say, you know, that there's I'm, – I'm very reasonable, I think, about um, the expectations that um, I have from my clients, and they should be reasonable about the expectations they have from me. Mm. Uh, how do you define what's urgent? Because <laughs> usually what clients think is urgent and what we understand to be urgent are two different things, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, an example was the other day, um, one of my clients, they sent me a direct message on on Twitter and said, um, my website's down, your website's down too. And I was like, oh, that's strange. I haven't had any emails or any alerts or anything like that um, from any of like my monitors pointing at it. So I thought, that's, that's, that is strange. So that immediately makes me think, okay, I need to look into that. And I had a look and it turns out that a whole bunch of hosts in the UK were having some kind of an attack from somewhere else in the world, you know, and I just reassured them that that was fine. And it was about nine o'clock at night here and I, I wasn't that fussed about it really. And it caught my attention probably because it came through via Twitter and it beeped on my phone and otherwise I wouldn't have sort of noticed it. Mm. Um, but I try and, um, if it is urgent, I won't really notice it until, you know, I, I seek it out really. So at the weekend, I don't have email coming through to my phone. I have mm. to go to Gmail in my web browser on my phone and then look at my emails that way. And that way I can do it. If I know that there's going to be a problem, I can say, okay, I've got 15 minutes spare. If I get an email that's urgent, I can deal with it because I have 15 minutes. Mm. If I don't think I have 15 minutes, I just, I just kind of don't look at it. And I just kind of, 
I don't know. I, over the years, that's that's just worked for me, really. Um, mm. I, it's rare that I've been in a situation where a client is desperate for help. And I try and kind of give them details of like the host that they might be on or whatever so they can kind of take ownership over their site as well. Nice. Turning, I, I like not having email uh, on an app on your phone so there are no notifications. So you actually have to go through that hoop and log into Gmail and your, and your phone browser to check your emails, which is frankly a pain in the neck. So you don't really want to do it that often. And also I like empowering the client by giving them their, 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 the details of their host. Do you host websites or do you refer clients off to other hosts? Um, I do host websites. Um, I kind of recommend it really because I can, you know, take care of it for them and I can offer them a service that would take them a long time to understand or set up themselves, you know, um, and it, it really is just peace of mind. You know, you can take the, the pain and the hassle out of running a website entirely. I keep WordPress up to date for them and all that kind of stuff, you know, so and, and plugins and things. So it's uh, that's what I kind of recommend if it's a really big site. Um, of which I have a few of, I'll probably put them on a managed host, a WordPress managed host, um, and kind of, you know, they'll be in charge of the account. I'll just have access to it. Um, and I, I try and not be too fussy about, um, you know, some web design companies, they will not give you your login details for a host, or they will not give you the admin username and password. But I don't know, I just think that's wrong. You know, if a client wants to use you, they'll use you. If they say, look, you know, I'm sorry, we've decided to go elsewhere or, or something, for whatever reason, and they're perfectly in the right, you know, entitled to do that because, you know, they are uh, they are a customer. They could be anybody's customer. Um, then, you know, there's no there's no use sort of kicking and screaming and trying to get them to stay if they've made up their mind about something. Then they deserve to have all of that information. I mean, the amount of clients that I've taken on in the last few years, where their previous web design company just will not let them have their own details, mm. is just it's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm in the middle of a bit of a fight at the moment trying to get domain names switched over to a new registrar and the, uh, the old registrar is just not playing with us at all, um, which is a bit unfortunate. Hey, how do you handle maintenance? I notice on your website also it says you say here, um, which is one of the things I really like, you say, you know, uh, I'm not going to leave you in the lurch once we, uh, I won't ditch you once your site is complete. How do you, do you sell maintenance plans as a, like a standalone product? No, um, actually there's probably factors into the one if I could wave the magic one question and sort of fix something mm. it would probably be you know recurring revenue as well um, and maintenance plans and sort of service plans hosting plans all that sort of thing are great ways to do that I think but um, no I don't tend to have like a development plan or a maintenance plan with most of my clients it's just that um, you know if they want more stuff or they want to you know help I'm not going to say you know turn around to them and say I'm sorry I can't help you until you know July or something like that it's uh, or you know you take less uh, priority over my other clients that I've got going on at the moment I try and help them as soon as possible really um, and it's just kind of that statement on my site it's more just to let them know that I'm around and I'm there, you know, if they need help and that I respond to emails and I won't say sorry to, for me to respond to your email and help you, it's going to cost you one hour of my hourly fee, you know. Mm. Do you, what, what, do you, what tools do you use to manage uh, all of your client sites? Do you use like an infinite WP or a managed WP or? Yeah, I use infinite WP, yeah. Um, I, I liked infinite WP mainly because it was free <laughs> and at the time I was kind of setting up hosting and trying to just kind of uh, do it well but on the cheap and actually it's turned out to be a very um, decent bit of kit really. Mm. I've heard great things about Managed WP too but um, 
I don't know. I think Infinite WP is is definitely one to look at. Yeah, and there's a self-hosted version too, isn't it? Isn't Infinite WP you can download it and host it yourself? Is that is that right? Yeah, that's what I do. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so we, I mean, everyone knows here we are big fans of managed WP, but I've, I've also heard very good things about Infinite WP and never personally used it, but Jack has, so I'm going to also put that in the show notes and you can check that out. And I'm sure the guys at Manage WP won't mind me mentioning that because I know Vlad and he loves competition because it makes them even better, uh, which is a great approach. In fact, there was a really interesting blog recently about how Jetpack have now got this manage all of your WordPress sites from one dashboard in Jetpack and everyone was like, oh, what's going to happen with Manage WP? And Vlad just came out and said, we love this because it just makes us get better at what we do. It just, you know, forces us to up our game, this uh, this kind of healthy competition. So it's a really good um, really good approach. Um, there's one other question I had for you. Oh, the, on, your, on the front page of your website, uh, it, you say you are an RAR recommended WordPress web design agency in Bath. I have no idea what RAR is, but f- and again, initially when I looked at it, I went, oh, somebody else is recommending Voltronic. I'm assuming that RAR is like an industry body or something. Tell us about RAR and why you put that on your website. Yeah, so um, RAR or RAR, I, I say RAR, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but um, yeah, they're kind of like a, a collect. Uh, they kind of, um, yeah, they are like an accredited body, I suppose. They they basically, you have to apply to them to say, hi, I'm a, you know, whatever, a web design agency or something. This is what I do. Um, I'd like to be accredited or recommended or whatever. And there's various stages and you can pay for, you know, the top level plans that they have and everything. The, the one that I've got is free. But what it requires that you do is your um, clients have to write into them and say, uh, like going to give a testimonial, um, give you kind of ratings uh, for various things, you know, your service, your customer support, you know, your your level of expertise, you know, um, whether you turn around the project in a decent amount of time, that kind of thing. And uh, after a while, you know, you have to get sort of, I think it's a minimum of something like five of these, you know, and they have to be over a certain percentage. And then someone actually checks them, you know, so it's independently sort of checked. And then you you appear on their register, so you can. The idea is that you can search on their website for um, any any web design company in your area, and that you'll know you'll only find a good one uh, because they've been sort of checked uh, by Ra. So yeah, the last two years running, I've kind of asked my clients, "Would you mind doing this?" And um, they've been more than happy to to do that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm a Ra recommended agency, which just gives it a bit of oomph for it, really. They're not too well known, I don't think, um, yet, but they're certainly, it certainly looks good. Yeah, uh, so RAR, for those that don't know, Recommended Agency Register, it uh, stands for recommendedagencies.com is the link. I'm also gonna put that in the show notes uh, because I think that it's like an independent body that's kind of checked you out and went, yep, these guys are kosher and uh, uh, good operators and it just adds a little bit of trust to the uh, to the visitor on your website, I noticed it straight away, and I wanted to check it out and and find a little bit more about it because it's now all of a sudden it's not just Jack McConnell telling me that you can do the job. There are other people that are saying, "Yep, he's pretty well positioned to do what it is he's promising." So uh, nice work. Hey, um, another thing I noticed about your name, Voltronic, and I found I chuckled about this. Um, uh, Voltronic is a mashup of electronic words, Volt and electronic, with a K chucked on the end, as it's a nice strong letter. I absolutely agree with you. And I've had this conversation with people over the years about the letter G and K. I just love those letters because they are strong. I mean, Voltronic with a C is just different to Voltronic with a K, yeah? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know why I kind of thought K would be better. Um, but yeah, it is. It is a strong letter. And G's great. I mean, you know, a ligature on a good G is just, uh, you know, it's just something for a designer, isn't it? Totally. We're totally, we're total typography nerds, uh, obviously, <laughs> which reminds me there's, um, there's a, um, a great article by Richard Rudder on the 24 Ways website, Designing for the Vertical Rhythm, all about uh, designing typography and line heights and, and kerning. And I'm also going to find that and put that in the show notes as well because um, if, you're, if you love typography uh, and fonts and you're a geek like Jack and I, then it would be definitely worth checking out, Designing for a Vertical Rhythm. I'm just going to look that up so I can uh, put it in the show notes later. Um, all right, we should do our Elevation Round. Uh, for those that don't know, WP Elevation is a business accelerator program for WordPress consultants so I'm now going to ask Jack a series of quick questions about being a freelancer and hopefully Jack's going to give us some quick mind-blowing answers off the top of his head <laughs> all right what's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know um, don't worry if you can't get big clients immediately because you will eventually Aye, I like that that's good uh, what's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers Move into my co-working space. Yeah, that's that's awesome advice. Uh, how do you stop competing on price? Um, I I don't think about it to be honest. I I just kind of I think about the client. I think about what they want. Uh, they tend to buy me as a person, and I let them make the decision. Uh, if at the end of the day it's down to price, then that's completely up to them. Mm. But I just don't think about it. I like that. Uh, it reminds me of a quote, I can't remember who said it, someone will tell me hopefully in the comments, uh, what other people think of me is none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> so what other people think of my pricing has got nothing to do with me, that's their story, not mine. Uh, any tips on writing better proposals? Um, no. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean a ton, but it wouldn't make a short, short answer. Right. Um, just to kind of just sit down and sort of get them done they're really boring to do usually you know they're not interesting you can automate them to an extent but um, proposals they need your time and your effort and if you do that I think it shows and the client and you know they see that you understand what they want nice um, favorite tool do you have a favorite tool or system for CRM uh, no I'm looking at uh, getting one at the moment. Um, I have two bookmarked that I'm looking at. Um, mm. I think one of them is one page and the other one is, um, I don't know, they're both sort of small, cheap CRMs, but no, I don't have one at the moment. I kind of use Trello to manage customers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we love Trello. Uh, we actually use Trello to manage all of our interviewees on the podcast. So at the moment, you're on one particular board, and as soon as this interview's finished, you'll be moved to another board. Um, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here and have, I'm going to tell everyone have a look at 17hats.com. It's a new player on the scene and it looks freaking amazing uh, and um, it's priced really well, 24 bucks a month. It's CRM, project management, invoicing, billing, everything all in one and I've heard some amazing things about it. We've got a bunch of Elevation members who are using it um, now so I'm going to stick that in the show notes as well. Um, what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Uh, project management system. Mm -hmm. There we go. Do you have Do you have one that you use? Um, I'm kind oh, of building my own one with WordPress oh. at the moment, oh. um, but uh, I use Mini Group at the moment. It's a very well. It's not well known in any way, really, and it's not <laughs> in active development. But uh, it's just very small, very easy to use. Clients like it. 
Nice, super simple group communication software, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Um, I ha- I send out a, a questionnaire after about sort of between one and three months after I finish a project um, or the bulk of a project and just to ask them for a bit of feedback on me. And there's always a question there that asks for if they have any referrals, um, you know, if they think anyone might suit my services. And, and that does okay. Nice. So, so just so so asking, but also having that as part of the process, so that you don't forget to do that. Yeah. yeah? Uh, nice. And um, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself from all the other WordPress consultants out there? Ooh, um, just do something slightly different, I suppose. I mean, obviously, that's the nature of differentiation, <laughs> but um, it's. It's kind of do something that other people aren't doing. I mean, there's lots of WordPress developers out there. There's lots of people that can build a site for you. But, you know, um, have they made a plugin? Have they made, do they specialize in, um, you know, WooCommerce storefronts, that kind of thing? It's, I think it's, you know, it's niching, you know, is the answer to everything, really. Yeah, absolutely. Niching is, um, is one of those magical, mystical things that, you know, everyone's kind of a little bit scared of, but it really does. Uh, uh, deliver what it promises. Uh, thank you for helping us through the elevation round. Hey, what is the future for? We haven't really talked about Tidy Repo, which we're going to in a moment. What's the future for Voltronic? Where do you think Voltronic? Where do you want Voltronic to be in twelve months' time? Um, well, I'm actually going through a rebrand at the mm. moment. I saw um, that on your blog. Actually, I was reading that before. Yeah, um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, I've basically just kind of stripped everything back and focused on what who I am and what I want to do and. Um, I'm just sort of cutting away everything that Voltronic is. And I've never really liked the name Voltronic all that much anyway. I've just kind of, I needed a name for something and this is what I came up with. But um, my new business, my new name, it's all the same stuff. It's all me, but it's all, it's focused more around me as a person, as opposed to a kind of, it looks more, less like an agency and more about me and what I'm doing. Um, and it's, I'm really excited for it. You know, it's, it's new design, it's new, um, it's just new word it copy you know it's it's everything really and it's it's everything voltronic will sort of um evolve into cool and um tell us uh, for those that don't know and haven't heard of tidy repo tell us what tidy repo is all about so it's a big curated list of the best wordpress plugins really so if you're looking for a plugin uh and there is a review of it on tidy repo you you know that it's good um, you can, you know, the, the WordPress repository does a, um, a certain amount of this with star ratings and support and so on, but you won't necessarily know what it's like until you try it. And again, they try and tackle that with screenshots and FAQ and all that kind of thing. But we write posts about, you know, each one. So I wrote one a little while ago about Gator Cache. It's a very simple caching plugin. It's um, a good start for people that want to you know, learn a bit about caching or, uh, I, you know, are put off by W3 Total Cache, which is a bit of a behemoth, you know, of a, of a caching plugin. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you basically know that, you know, we've tested it. We've, we've made sure the code doesn't break your site. Um, it, it will do what it says. And, yeah, that's it really. It's a good plugin. So anything you find on Tidy Repo, you know is good. We won't review anything that's bad. Nice. And there have been plenty of things that, you know, we've we started writing about and then realized, hey, this doesn't work properly, and we've stopped writing immediately. 
Nice. I love the icons too. Uh, you, uh, in complete transparency, you reviewed uh, video user manuals recently, and you came up with these cute little icons that are uh, a little video player, some users, and documentation. It's great. Um, yeah. You obviously put a lot of time and effort into into reviewing the plugins. The obvious question is how are you how are you funding this? Like how are you sustaining it? Um, so. Jay and I actually went through, because I only joined um, Tidy Reaper back in September, mm-hmm. and Jay and I uh, talked through everything we wanted to do and um, came up with this kind of a roadmap of development of, of stuff we wanted to do. And the first step was really to redesign the website. I felt that it could do quite a lot better. So I came up with the design and you know kind of put some of it together, and Jay did most of the development on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, he, I think he pretty much did all the development on it. And uh, from there, we... We're not. It's completely free at the moment. You know, we're just spending time on it, and it's whenever we have it, and that's working out pretty well. But um, we're playing with. Uh, there's an ad in there. There's some affiliate links and some competitions and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're playing with those kinds of things, um, just really just so it will start paying for itself a little bit. Um, we aren't going to be introducing a, a sort of a premium plugin service um, on it as well. So if you're looking for a plugin of any sort of description, really, um, we will find it for you. We will make sure it works and kind of provide video documentation, kind of like a video version of one of our blog posts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be various tiers, but the idea is that the bottom one is we'll find you a plugin and say this is the one you probably want. It's it will fit your needs um, right the way through to. This is the plugin that you want. We've bought it for you. We've installed it. We've set it up exactly as you need it to. Um, here's a video of how it works. Here's a video for how it works specifically on your site. Now all you have to do is basically ask a developer to maybe put in some front-end stuff for you, and there you go. You're good to go. Wow. Um, it's a nice segue into uh, the details of the competition this week. Uh, Jack wants to know the number one headache you've got with finding the right plugin for the right job. Uh, we've all been down this track before where we buy a plugin from either one of the premium marketplaces, Code Canyon, or from a developer's website. We think it's going to do the job, we install it, we set it up. We kind of realize not too long after that that it's not actually going to do the job. And then a couple of months later, we find a plugin that could have been perfect for the job if only we'd known. So, what is the number one headache you've got, the number one problem that you'd like to solve with finding the right plugin for the job? Leave a comment underneath this video. I'll get Jack to swing by uh, in a couple of weeks and award the winner. And, I, and the winner will receive a copy of Losing My Virginity, Richard Branson's autobiography. If you're listening to this podcast while you're walking the dog, you might want to visit uh, our website website so you can leave that comment and again it is wpelevation.com slash jack mcconnell is the link for this particular episode sound good jack sounds good awesome hey um thank you so much for spending uh almost an hour with us here on the wp elevation podcast i really appreciate it um final bit of advice what is the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to start and build their own business uh just get on with it (laughs) (laughs) seriously i mean yeah so many people worry about it or they never ship you know ship as ship you know they get it done and then they iterate afterwards just get anything out there and just see how it does it is such good advice man like you can just get paralyzed by over analyzing things can't you yes absolutely yeah just get it done i love it uh hey where can people reach out and say thanks for this interview uh so voltronic.co.uk uh, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter. So it's at Jack McConnell. Um, there's at Voltronic as well. And via email and all the details are on my site. 
Beautiful. I'll stick all that uh, and more in the show notes. And finally, who would you like me to try and interview on the WP Elevation podcast and why? Um, the ch- have you done the chap that does post-status, Brian? Brian Krogsgaard. No, I haven't, actually, which is remarkable. Brian and I uh, converse quite a bit, and it for some reason, I don't know why he hasn't been on the podcast yet, but that is a great suggestion. Brian Krogsgaard from Post Status, I'm coming to get you, courtesy of Jack McConnell. So keep your eyes on your inbox. We are going to get you on the WP Elevation podcast, and I can't believe that hasn't already happened. So thank you for recommending, Brian. Uh, Jack, good work. Hey, thanks for spending some time with us on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. I wish you all the best for Voltronic and Tidy Repo, and uh, keep in touch. Will do. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Cheers. Well, I sincerely hope you enjoyed that episode with Jack McConnell as much as I did. Uh, Of course, this episode is brought to you by WP Migrate DB Pro, and Curtis McHale told us how fabulous that plugin is, so please go and check it out at deliciousbrains.com. There will be a link somewhere on this page. Uh, There might even be a link in the show notes somewhere if you're on a podcatcher on the phone. you probably pull your phone out now and click the link and get on over to Delicious Brains and check it out. I think we've got that working, hopefully. Um, Anyway, subscribe and thank you, a big thank you to Brad and the guys at Delicious Brains for sponsoring the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, Subscribe to the podcast at wpelevation.com slash subscribe and you'll get some free stuff. You'll get either a free webinar or, you know, a free um, ebook or something that we're giving away. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio at stitcher.com if you're an Android user. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we would love it if you would give us a rating and a review. It really helps us come up in the search results when people are looking for WordPress podcasts and it helps us get our message out to a wider audience and help more WordPress consultants just like we're helping you. You can visit everything about this episode and find all the links and everything we talked about in the show notes at wpelevation.com slash Jack McConnell. That's J-A-C-K-M-C-C-O-N-N-E-L-L. All one word, all lowercase, no spaces, no hyphens, no hieroglyphics or underscores or any other weirdness going on there, uh, just as it sounds wpelevation.com slash Jack McConnell. Uh, And remember, leave your comment underneath this video and tell Jack the number one headache that you've got with finding the right plugin for the right job and you could win a copy of Losing My Virginity, the awesome autobiography by Richard Branson. Let me just have a quick look here in my calendar and see if I can tell you who we've got coming up next week on the podcast. If all goes well and the planets align, we have... Shane Price from Lead Chat. Now, Shane actually works in the same uh, office complex here that we've moved into in Pran at Revolver Creative. You can check that out at revolvercreative.com. It's an amazing office space that we've moved into here, a co-working space with some private offices and some communal areas. Shane actually works in the office next door to me, and they run a service called Lead Chat, which is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week monitored uh, chat widget on your website to uh, talk to people who are visiting your website and get those leads off your website into your funnel so that you can have a conversation with them and hopefully convert them into customers. So I'm going to be talking to Shane about all things online marketing, WordPress. He's a big online marketing geek like myself. Uh, Very much looking forward to that. So hopefully you enjoy that as much as I will on the episode next week, which is episode number 71, Shane Price from Lead Chat. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are. My name is Troy Dean. And of course, until next time, Go Elevate.